Okay, one of the things that uh, we did earlier in the summer is we realized that uh, God wanted to do something. God, God has a plan on reaching the lost. And COVID-19, we realized that COVID-19 really put a damper on our ability to reach people. I mean, everybody was running away instead of coming. So we, we realized God had a plan, and this is not going to thwart God's plan. So we decided we would pick a number of people that we were going to pray for, souls, that people would make a decision for Christ. Uh, and we would pray to that end. So it was our, this is our church's 40th anniversary, so we chose the number 40. We're going to pray for 40 souls to come to Christ between then, back in the summer, and um, this, the end of the year, which is just, what, three weeks away? We're almost there. And so we've been praying for that, and I just wanted to report to you that we now have 36 people that we have documented that have made a decision for Christ. Now, because it's our prayer, these aren't just people in our church. Sometimes it was somebody we're related to or work with that goes to another church, and they made that decision at another church. But it's in response to our prayers, so we wrote it down. So we got 36. We got three or four weeks left, and... Four people to win to reach that goal. I believe that's going to happen. And the reason I tell you it's not just in our church is because you may have been working with a co-worker who's made a decision for Christ, and we don't have that documented. But it was in response to our prayers as a church. So if you know of such a person, come and let us know. Okay? All right, today we're, gonna, we're, we're in this series on Christmas, looking at some different aspects of Christmas. And today I want to talk about fear. Because fear is prevalent all around us. You've you got to be blind if you can't see that. Uh, so I want to read from the Christmas story here in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Let's just stop in our story right here for a minute. Sometimes when God begins to move in our life, and there's all kinds of glory, and there's all kinds of amazing things happening, we can be terrified. Because something's got to rock the boat for people to make a change. And when God sends a rocking of the boat, that is scary. It terrifies us. And our boat is being rocked, is it not? Yes. All around us. Yep. Verse 10. But the angels said to them, do not be afraid. Let me read that again. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Amen. Amazing story about conquering your fears. 
One of the things that Christianity does for us is it helps us face our fears. We all have fears around us. These are very real fears. I mean, COVID-19 is a real threat. I've already lost two dear friends to COVID and a couple more in rehab facilities right now because the toll it's taken on them. Don't tell me this is a hoax. That makes me mad. This is a real thing. It's a real problem. And then on top of that, we've got this political mess going on in our country. It is a real mess. Who has the solution to this mess? Jesus is the only hope for us. But I'm aware that I know people enough that in this room this morning, there's a number of people that your fears isn't really COVID-19. Your fear really isn't the political mess. Your fear is something more personal, something going on down deep in your soul with a relationship or a health issue. It's a scary thing. So how do we deal, how do we as God's people deal with the fears that we have to live with? I've got seven things I want to share this morning, and because I'm limited on my time, because we have another service coming, I've got to go fairly quick. But here's, here's the first thing. Remember who sits on the throne. That's your first strategy in dealing with your fears. Remember who sits on the throne. And the throne is not located in the Oval Office. There's a, there's a higher power up there. There is a God who does understand us and he does inter, intervene in the affairs of man. There is a God who can deliver us and, and he's, he's eager to do it. But we live in a world that's tuned him out. It's like we have a radio sitting there, but it's on the wrong channel. We want to know what's happening in the news. And our definition of news is somebody's opinion. Somebody's commentary, somebody's editorial. That's not the news. And it messes with our confidence. Remember who sits on the throne. When David had to go up before his enemy, Goliath, he said, I'm reading in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. He said, you, he said this to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. All around us, the things that we're really afraid of are worldly things. And God is way above the worldly things. He can take care of the worldly cares of this problem. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, God says to the people who were afraid, fear not. Everybody say that with me. Fear not. Say it again. Fear not. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, fear not. This is what we're told to do. To fear not. Don't be afraid. For I am with you, he says. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you and will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In the New Testament, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
So how, how can we get afraid if we believe that? If we say we believe it, how can we get afraid? Psalm 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Doesn't always deliver us from all our problems, but he can deliver us from our fears. God, deliver me from my fears. Help me to have confidence in you, faith in you, that you are a God that never lies. You keep your promises. So remember who sits on the throne. That's the first strategy. Here's the second strategy for dealing with your fear. Remember, we have a Redeemer. We're not waiting for a Redeemer. We have one right now. So if the Redeemer is not redeeming me, maybe I have some responsibility there. Maybe I need to get back to the cross. Maybe I need to get back to Jesus. In the Christmas story, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the angel said, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. When my guy wins the election and when my guy loses it, it doesn't matter. God's with us. It doesn't matter what the economy does. God's with us. It doesn't make any difference what the weather's doing. God's with us. That's what Christmas is all about. That's why we should celebrate it. That's why I have this lapel that says Jesus, lapel pin that says Jesus is the reason for the season. Wear it every year. I want to, I get. When December 1st gets here, I dig this out of Anita's jewelry box, and I put it on every day after that, because I want to remember God with us. When Jesus came, he died so we could live. He paid the penalty for me. And when I accept what Christ did on the cross, he sends his spirit, the essence of God, the mind of Christ inside of us, and down in my heart. The Holy Spirit resides right here. The Holy Spirit also resides in you. He doesn't have a body where he can only be one place at a time. He can indwell each of us. So we come together and the Holy Spirit is all over this place. Unless we ignore him and just sing songs to ourselves. But if we reach out to God, he is in this place. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. We used to live in fear. Insecurity. Didn't know what tomorrow held. We didn't know what kind of bad news would come down the pike. But we're not there anymore. We're not slaves to be brought back under the slavery of this fear thing. God has liberated us from that. We should be people that have confidence in God. I guess I got to finish verse verse 15. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is, is a personal endearment like like daddy, Papa. It's personal. Yes, you need to fear God, but you don't need to be afraid of Him. He's got good news for us. He's got good plans for us. Also in the Christmas story, Luke 1, verse 38, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
you just made an announcement of something I really don't understand, God. But be it unto me, according to your word, whatever you want. That ought to be an attitude every one of us pick up. This is lordship. Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to believe it. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever you want to happen to me, I'm going to accept it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But God, I trust you. Do you trust him? We all can say what Mary says here. We have a redeemer already. Here's the third strategy for dealing with our fear. Sometimes you run. Sometimes you run away. You don't have to stand and fight every battle. That the angel told Joseph, take, the, take Mary and that baby and you go down to Egypt. Oh, but, but Egypt's a scary place. Yes, Egypt's a scary place, but it's much scarier if you stay right here. I'm telling you to get down to Egypt. Sometimes you've got to run. Yes. The wise men knew that the king had just told him, go look for the baby. When you find the baby, then you come back and tell me so I can go worship him too. But something tipped off those wise men. There was just something. They didn't have the Holy Spirit, but I'm sure the Holy Spirit was speaking to them, telling them, you know, go back another way. Don't go back to the king. Somehow they knew that, and they went the other way. Well, it's scary to defy the king. What if the king finds out? scarier if we go back and tell the king what the result might be. Sometimes you have to run away. Sometimes you have to withdraw. Sometimes you have to retreat. We see that in the Christmas story, and sometimes it's true with us. Sometimes the battle isn't worth fighting. It's not worth the damage that's going to be done in the process. Sometimes. God helped Israel run away from Egypt. Remember? They had to flee. God supernaturally helped them get away because they would have been destroyed had they stayed. And there's some things our family will be destroyed if we stand on that. Every parent knows you've got to count the cost. Is it, worth con- is it worth confronting my son or my daughter? Is it worth me forcing them to do something that they may completely rebel against? It's a balance. Every parent in here knows that. Or soon will. <laughs> Sometimes you need to cut your losses and retreat and get out of there. I remember some years ago we were really cooking. We were growing. We had two services on Sunday morning here, and we had twice as many seats in here then as we do now, and the place was packed, and we knew we had to do something. We didn't know what to do. We decided the best solution is to add a third service. So we decided to add that third service after the second service. I think it started at like 12.30, 12.45, when we finally had that third service. Nobody came. (laughs) By the time I got up here to preach this message the third time, I was exhausted. I had nothing left. My, My brain was at home watching TV or reading the newspaper. I was not into it. I hated it. Yeah, my wife says you were hungry. I did not like that third service. But we started it. We announced it. To discontinue it sure looks like you failed. And I guess in a sense we did. We didn't pick the right time, that's for sure. 
I mean, in this whole room, with all the seats we had, I think we had a maximum of 25 people and just rattling around in here. We couldn't generate excitement for anything. Finally, we decided this isn't working. We're going to cease it. Sometimes you got to back up so you can regroup and restart. And some, Maybe the Lord's saying this to you because there's something you're trying to keep alive that it just needs to be put to sleep. You just need to let it go and start over. So sometimes you run. Here's number four. Remember there is strength in numbers. When those all it would have taken was one angel to come and made that make that announcement to those shepherds, but no, it was a huge, huge. The sky was filled with these angels singing praises to God. Sometimes there's strength in numbers. When we get isolated, we get depressed, we lose our vision, we get sidetracked. The Bible says there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Well, can't I just go to one counselor and get advice? Sure you can, but there's wisdom in getting more than one side of the story. So if, there's, if we need to be with, with others, strength in numbers, then maybe I need to find a team. I need to find a small group yes. or a big group. I need to find other people that are seeking the same thing I'm seeking, we're working toward a common goal. We'll find projects to do where we can work together to accomplish something for the kingdom. Maybe I need to find a team like that. I wonder where you could find a team like that. Maybe it'd be right here. Maybe it'd be with your social network that you're building here in the house of the Lord. Thought of another story to support this. It's when the Apostle Paul was on a ship under arrest, and he was being escorted by Roman guards back to Rome, where he's going to have to give his testimony and maybe live, maybe die. He didn't know, but he knew he had to tell the story. And so they're on the ship, and there's a terrible storm that comes up. I mean, they've been, they've been in this storm for the longest time. They can't seem to get out of the storm. So they, they fear they're going to all go down, so they threw all their cargo overboard. Remember, the cargo is why you're sailing the ship in the first place. This is your ability to make money. Purchase materials here and go over there and trade it, bring back some more. This is what they did on the ship. They're going to have to throw all the cargo over. And they're about to run aground. And the Apostle Paul had, gets a word from God, a prophetic message. And he says, the Lord met me last night and told me we're all going to survive. We're going to lose the cargo. We're going to lose the ship. But not one person's going to be lost. But you've got to stay with the ship. A bunch of people wanted to jump into the lifeboat and get away. He said, you can't do that. You've got to stay with the ship. The only way to live is to stay with the ship. And I'm saying to you, in the 21st century, in the year 2020, and thankfully it's just about over, in the year 2020, we've been in a shipwreck. Yeah. It's a scary thing. You don't know when the, if the ship's going to go down or not. When you're going to hit rocks, you don't know what's the next thing going to hit the news. You just don't know. It's a scary time. But we've got to stay on the ship. Yeah. 
You can't jump ship and run away and survive. You got to stay connected to the ship. So there's strength in numbers. I'm glad you're here. Those of you that are watching from home, I'm glad you turned in. I'm glad you're a part. I want you to know that we know you're not, just because you're watching from home doesn't mean you're cowards. Some of you have some serious health issues. If you get COVID, probably kill you. So we're glad that you're at home, but you're part of the church. Stay connected. Stay connected. Here's number five, the fifth strategy. Do not feed your fear. Do not feed your fear. Whatever you're afraid of, don't keep feeding it. If you have believed some of the propaganda that people were putting out there about what was going to happen to the world if Joe Biden wins the election, you got to be terrified. You got to be scared half to death now. Listen, God's called us to be people of confidence. It doesn't make any difference who is in the White House as far as our relationship with God's concerned. Doesn't matter. God can do things this way or he can do things that way. Don't feed your fear. If someone just walked through that door back there and shouted out, fire, fire, what would be going on in your heart? First thing you'd do is look for the exit signs. You'd be getting ready to get out of here because fear is contagious. Somebody hollers, fire, we all want to run for safety. We all want to be safe. So why would you want to listen to some more fire, fire messages? Why would you want to keep listening to this stuff that just makes you angry on the inside and lose your peace? Turn the news off. Fire, fire, sky is falling, sky is falling. Jesus is coming back. Do we believe that? Then we need to put our faith in that and not be scared of what's happening around us because these things must come to pass. They must come to pass. For you and Jesus to come back, what's happening in the news is probably perfect. Setting it up. But faith is also contagious. When you talk your faith, when you walk your faith, it's a a visible evidence to other people. Let them see you walk your faith. All right, here's number six. Break the curse. Break the curse. Many of us in this room still have a residual curse going on in our life from things we learned when we were kids. Mom and dad had a generational curse going on that they learned from their parents, and they passed it on to you, and unless you break it, you're going to pass it on to your kids. It's a generational thing that just keeps going on. God wants to deliver us. He wants to set us free. Break that spirit of fear. I'll tell you a story I've never mentioned before in in 
public. Well, I think I mentioned it to my wife. That's about it. I remember as a kid, I was probably first or second grade, little boy. I remember I had a younger sister, 18 months younger than me, and then a, a, a new sister, Pam, that would, had just been born. She was still a baby. And I remember I was on the, on the carpet over in a corner of the living room, and I had my cars and trucks out there, and I was playing like I was a, a race driver or something. And my mom sat my dad down on the living room couch and had a conversation with him. And I don't remember what all was said. Mom and dad talked a lot, but I remember my mom saying, if you don't start spending more time with this family, we're heading for divorce. And when she used that D word, it terrified me. I remember something on the inside, an emotional response. I did know what that word meant. And when my mom said that word, it put a fear down inside of me. I've never forgotten it. My guess is there's some of you in this room can look back at a time like that where your mom or dad or both put something in you that's terrified you. Listen, that was Satan trying to bind you up. And you couldn't shake it out of your soul to this day. Jesus comes to deliver you. Yes. He comes to set you free. Yes. You don't have to be afraid of rejection. You don't have to be afraid of your marriage failing. You don't have to be afraid of losing your job. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Because God is your confidence. Yes. Break the curse. Number seven. Here's the last one. I'll close with this. Be courageous. Yes. You know what courage is? Courage is when you're scared to death, but you have a job to do. Come on. That's right. It's like those police officers and firemen in, Washington, in, uh, in New York after the, after the 9-11 thing. Yep. They ran into those towers to rescue people, to get people out of there. Did, were they not afraid? Of course they were afraid, just as afraid as you would be if you had to run into a building that was on fire. But they had a job to do, and they went in and they did it. This is what courage is. This is what soldiers do on the battlefield when the enemy is firing real bullets at them, but they'll risk their lives to save somebody else. Why do they do that? Because they're not afraid? No, because in spite of their fear, they press forth and they do what they have to do. The number one fear in America is public speaking. People are terrified to get up in front of people. Why? I know why. I have to do it almost every week. Never do I get up here to speak to you without butterflies in my stomach. Why? Because I fear rejection. Come on. And it's so easy for me to stick my foot in my mouth, to say something that offends somebody, and they leave the church. I didn't mean to hurt them, but out it came. I don't know how many times I've done such a thing. Said, I didn't mean to say it like that, but it came out like that. Hurt somebody, offended somebody. I don't want to do that anymore. It's just... 
What I would rather do is come in with my beautiful wife and sit next to her and worship and listen to somebody else preach the word. That's what I would like to do. But I can't do that. You see, courage says, I'm afraid to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. Courage. Joshua 1.9, before Israel went in to take their, the land God had promised them, God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I have to keep reminding myself that because I keep thinking I'm going in there all by myself. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, to deal with it. What if they're smarter than I am? They can fast talk me better than I can fast talk. I get this fear. But I have to remind myself, God's telling me to go. Be courageous. Just do it. And God's going to help me along the way. In the Old Testament, when the spies got back from looking the land over, and they saw it was a wonderful land, I mean, plenty. And of, of the 12 spies, 10 of them said, we were, we were like grasshoppers to them. But that's not what the truth was. What the truth was, we felt like grasshoppers to them. It was their own inadequacy. It was their own fear. It was their, their, their own feeling that they weren't good enough. That these people are stronger than our people. I'll close with this scripture. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can people do to me? They can sure hurt. But what can God do to me if I don't do what he tells me to do? I'd rather deal with God's wrath or I'd rather deal with people's wrath, I should say, than I would God's wrath. Amen. Now, fear not. Fear not. But I'm smart enough to know there are people in this room that you have something going on in your life that's really scary. And I want to pray that God will help you with your fear and give you courage. If that's you, would you stand? You got something going on that's terrifying. Yeah. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for each of these men and women that are standing, the boys and girls that are standing as well. Father, I want to pray. And Father, I'm praying for the people at home as well that are going through a hard time. They're, they're, they're terrified of something. Father, you haven't given us a spirit of fear. You've told us to look into your word and develop a sound mind by what your word teaches. And so, Father, we want to do that right now. And I'm praying for everyone here. Father, some of these are very personal things they're afraid of. And, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would put your peace, that overwhelming peace that you're going to bring to the earth, 
pray that you'll do it right now. Father, deliver them from what they're going through. Father, these generational curses, we break them right now in Jesus' name. We pray that you're going to lead them to the next step they have to take to get completely delivered and broken, released from this. Father, help us to be men and women of courage, not men and women of fear. Help us to not be afraid to speak out our faith, to speak up to our co-workers, our classmates, Father. Help us to speak up because we live in a dark world that needs a light to shine, and you shine the light on us. You've given us hope. Father, work in our lives. Give us the freedom you called us to have. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fear not.